3: Welcome to The Breakdown, everybody. This is Aaron Barker, broadcasting from an undisclosed location, deep behind enemy lines. Asking the questions that get you kicked out of Bible study and sent to therapy. Thank you all so very much for the opportunity to be in your vehicle office warehouse, house, outhouse, doghouse, wherever it is you may be listening to The Breakdown today, which is a beautiful afternoon. If you want to join in on the conversation, just simply head on over to BreakDRadio.com. Where you can catch all the past and previous shows, not to mention the Freaky Friday shows, which drop. That's right, you guessed it. Every single Friday at two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This past one, uh, this past week, was with David Zach from Exodus Road or The Exodus Road, which was which is a child trafficking, human trafficking, human slavery busting organization. You can almost see it. It's it's kind of like Project Veritas, only they don't go public with all their information. They just, just get kids back to their families that have been abducted or taken for the sex slave industry and release sex slaves as well. So check that out. BreakDRadio.com is the place to get that and all the past shows as well. And we've covered everything on Freaky Friday from alien abductions to Bigfoot and the Bible We've talked about Bible prophecy, uh, exorcism. We had an archbishop who has been on over 850,000 cases in the past 30, on uh, 40 years that he's been on there. Archbishop Ronald File Enright. Fantastic shows there, folks. You don't want to miss those. So if you have been missing them, get cool. Get with the in crowd. Get over there and check out some of those programs. All right, today... Let's go ahead and plumb the depths of the internet. My chum bucket is full today. The chum bucket, for those of you who may not know, is what other more professional and less vulgar hosts would call their pile of prep, their prep list, their show prep. This is the chum bucket full of bits and pieces that will get the sharks swarming around the boat to have some interesting conversation and hopefully some rational conversation so that we can change the world. But we're going to plumb the depths of the Internet's most fascinating accounts of life and other crazy crap as we start the show today. The first one, and we think, you know, we're we're dealing with heat right now. We're dealing with issues with uh, the the droughts in certain areas of the country as well. And right now in Russia, they're dealing with something a little bit more um how how, how do you say a little more crazy over there in the russia place they are dealing with a swarms i mean and swarms really isn't even the right word to use for this it is the it is what what's what is being described as mosquito tornadoes in russia right now it is absolute first off it's 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 like a plague of biblical proportions it seems like. And these mosquitoes from ground to sky, folks, ground to sky literally look like in the distance a tornado is gathering and coming towards uh, these folks as they are just driving along living their everyday lives. think you can think of something interesting if you can think of something interesting drop it in the comments something that would uh, that would flow off the tongue like uh, mosquito NATO or something like that I can't think of anything uh, right now for that but this this is what it is uh, mosquito tornado storm Russia's far east blood curdling images show pillars of swarming mosquitoes above Russia's Kamkacha region as they hunt for a mate. Great, that's what it is here. We have a bunch of men and a bunch of women that are out there, uh, mosquitoes, trying to find their mate. And uh, th- this is like, it- it's like the mosquito tender. They're they're out there. So it says here that, they, that this is an annual thing. Uh, Russia's Kamkacha Peninsula say the event is an annual trouble that darkens the sky every summer. I mean, there are just, like when you watch them, there are billions, maybe even trillions of these things out there. And they're trying to capture them via video. And the, as you're watching the video, these mosquitoes are smacking up against the camera. And and you look off in the distance. It looks just like these long black streaks coming up from the ground. And you got to think about the number of mosquitoes that have to be in this to be able to see it like that. Uh, there, there was a person who filmed that said he left earlier this morning. As you can see, I ended up right in the thick of things. I can't say how high these, these pillars of mosquitoes were. It seemed like they rose up to the clouds. He said, uh, the person who filmed that said the swarms would form in towering columns dissipate and then appear again within seconds. Well, if they're looking for a mate. They were probably just taking a break, getting something to drink and going right back at it again and you can check out the pictures if you're watching the video also uh the show notes as well you can see the article here but it's absolute insanity with the trillions and trillions of these mosquitoes as they are gathered i and and trying to find uh, a mate over there so just be just be grateful right now we're experiencing some high heat we're experiencing some drought which by the way i'm not i'm not saying well you just deal with drought because they got to do with mosquitoes but just think about the, the different things around the world. That, that's what fascinates me about the, the, the planets, the cosmos, the universe, and just just different things happening in different places at different times of the world. And, you know, right now we're dealing with, uh, you know, humidity and heat. But in another part of the world or another part of the United States, like California, they're dealing with droughts that are killing them out there. The droughts in California are just, uh, well, they're, they're, they're causing... Uh, pain and suffering. Nobody has the the water, et cetera. And it's, you think about that over here, it's raining and it has been raining over on this area, uh, but over in California and other places, it has not. As a matter of fact, the California droughts are so bad that the basins, you can see the basins, how much they're losing in these, wa- uh, in these basins. Uh, let me see if I can. There is j- just a multiple multiple array of pictures online and stories online that talk about race, uh, that talk about racism, that talk about the droughts uh, in California currently and what's happening over there. But what they're not talking about, which we have covered on the show previously, what they're not talking about is how geoengineering is impacting this uh, this place. Uh, the 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 way that they are able to stop it from raining in these certain areas or mess around with, with the climate in certain areas is unbelievable and when you look at the california droughts you're thinking oh well it's, it's it's global warming that's causing that and then even conservatives who realize that the that the world is changing and that things are that that the climate is changing and that the that there are uh fluctuations in the degrees that we have on the earth and it's wherever you are so many people want to say well it's all because of global warming but what you don't do is you don't get behind the story behind the story and see that stratospheric aerosol injections, the, what, what some in common vulgar vernacular would, can, would call chemtrails, which is a, uh, a, a, a defaming way to talk about stratospheric aerosol injections. What they don't talk about is that it's not man-made climate change that causes this. What it is is our interference. So technically it is man-made climate change. But it's on the other side. It's the governmental experimental side of this. And then they pour these toxins and chemicals in the sky by the billions of tons. Aluminum, barium, strontium, mercury. And these chemicals fall down on the ground. They deplete the ground of resources. They they infect the water supplies and they get in our bodies, they get in our systems, they fall on our skin, our hair, while you're out trying to enjoy your day. And then they try to blame us, saying it's our fault because it's man-made global warming, when they don't consider the fact that the government has been doing this for 70 years, 70 years, to the tune of, the, uh, of, of untold trillions of, of tons of these chemicals in the sky so bad it's impacting california so bad that an entire california town is without running water in a heat wave california's water crisis is going uh, horribly the, the only functioning well in the rural commu- community of television uh, i'm sorry of teveston broke in early june Leaving nearly more than 1, I'm sorry, 700 residents without running water as temperatures in the Central Valley soared to triple digits in the drought. It's day to day for the people of Teveston, said Frank Galaviz, a board member of the Teveston Community Services District, in an interview with the Fresno Bee. Teveston residents are relying on limited bottled water for necessities such as staying hydrated, cooking, bathing, and flushing toilets. Folks, this is happening in the United States. I mean, you, you read about this stuff. Honestly, you read about this stuff online and you see that it's happening in third world countries. You see it's happening all around the world where communities are without water and they're relying on other folks to to truck in water to them or bring uh, uh, bottled water to them to fill up their wells, to fill up their cisterns, or to have bottled water in a refrigerator. You, you see that you see those instances around the world and in in underdeveloped countries we see those things and now we're facing that on the other side of the continental united states the droughts are destroying this and people are dying but what we're more worried about is we're more worried about whether or not somebody gets the jab we're going to spend our time going door to door about that we're going to talk about that in a little bit by the way but they're but the whole, th- th- this is the whole purpose of this. Now, did, uh, did the uh, stratospheric aerosol injections to climate engineering cause or specifically target, I, I, I should say, Teveston residents? Not specifically, but it's part of their targeting efforts. You wonder why in the world would somebody spray chemicals in the sky? Well, they're, they're spraying chemicals in the sky to, uh, to infect the environment's for their good so that they can control the weather for the military industrial complex. The other flip side of this or the additional bonus points that they get for this is the fact it's going to depopulate the earth. People in Teveston, California are living day to day with water, unable to drink, unable to cook, unable to shower. And they have to rely on other resources or other people to bring those things in. I I look at that I mean and and you think you think about these things that are that are being perpetrated against us by the government and this is the exact agenda that they're looking for and it's not me just making this up as some kind of conspiracy theorist like oh look at this look what they're trying no this is legitimate fact proven that they are pouring these chemicals into the sky not only are they doing that but they're doing it for global depopulation efforts they don't want you around they don't want you here As a matter of fact, they want you dead. There is no, there is no, uh, uh, well, you know, this is just a side effect. This is the absolute purpose, as a matter of fact, of what they're doing. Two stories I saw here this week that we'll get to. And uh, the first one is the U.S. life expectancy in 2020 saw biggest drop since World War II. That's right. So the biggest drop since World War II in our uh, in, uh, in the life expectancy of the United States of America. And do you know why? Well, let's see if we can find out from this wonderful news story why. And this is from Stat. Statnews.com is the name of the website. Uh, it says the U.S. life expectancy fell a year and a half in 2020, the largest one-year decline since World War II. Public health officials said Wednesday the decrease for both black Americans and Hispanic Americans was even worse, three years. Now, that's they don't care about black and Hispanic Americans. They don't care about black and, and, and Hispanic Americans. As much as people want to talk about the borders, as much as these faux liberals want to talk about allowing people to come across the border and allow people to come here to the, to the United States, they don't care who you are or how you get here. They don't care if you're black. They don't care if you're white. Actually, they hate white people. They don't care if you're Hispanic. They don't care if you are hispanic they do not care if you are uh, Middle Eastern, they don't care if you're Canadian. They don't care if you're from Vermont. They don't mind where you come from, as long as they can take your name, your information, and use it as a voting block in the next election. So, Black Americans, which are targeted, I believe, by the establishment, because the the, the global elite do not want to be do not want what they consider a scourge of Black Americans or non-white people. The elitists are what you would consider. Uh, white Anglo, but they wouldn't, they're, they're just white. They're Caucasians. I would call them wasps or white Anglo-Saxon Protestants because they're not Protestants. They're not Catholics either. They are without religion. The global elite are, but black Americans and Hispanic Americans, even worse has dropped by three years. They don't care. That's what they want. That's their purpose. That's their goal. There's no reason for you to think that they want specific groups of people to live over others. Anybody who is underneath them, anybody who is not part of the elite, anybody who's not part of their bloodline, anybody that they don't want, they are doing, they, their goal is to destroy them, to bring them to destruction. Okay. They, they, the race doesn't matter. Skin color doesn't matter. Nothing like that matters. a drop spelled, uh, spelled out by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention due mainly to the COVID-19 pandemic which health officials said is responsible for close to 74% of the overall life expectancy decline. Now, how is that impacting the overall life expectancy decline of the United States or of people in general? Are, are they saying that it's it's impacting us because it's a an endemic, because it's going to be coming back every year? Uh, are they saying that it is because this is uh, uh, affecting us to the point where every single person has been impacted by it somehow and that because of that, our life expectancy is dropping and we're our bodies are less apt to handle these types of diseases in the future? How is it, or is it just an average of age that they're saying of all these people that died? Because we know over the past year, not no one has died of anything else. There's been no heart disease, no cancer, no AIDS, no hypertension. There's been no suicide. There's been nothing else that has killed people in the United States of America or around the world because COVID-19 has been the absolute cure for those things, right? We know that 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 COVID, as soon as it hit, nobody got sick of anything else because everybody was staying at home, right? They were following. They were wearing their nice little masks, which I have one here, by the way. For example, for those who can watch in the video, I had to take a flight last week and the only way I could avoid being fined uh, and being not last week, the week before, the only way I can avoid being fined because I was breaking a federal law, committing a felony by not wearing a stupid face covering, a face diaper, was to put on a stupid mask. But everybody was masked up, and that dropped the life expectancy by seventy four percent. More than three point three million Americans died last year, far more than any other year in U.S. history. With COVID-19 accounting for 11% of those deaths. So 3.3 million and 11%. So that changes absolutely everything. Black life expectancy has not fallen so much in one year since the mid-1930s. During the Great Depression, health officials have not tracked Hispanic life expectancy for nearly as long. But the 2020 decline was the largest recorded one-year drop. So it was in 2020 since the Great Depression, a controlled depression. Uh, people are saying it's catastrophic. Uh, University of Texas sociology professor who studies the changes in U.S. mortalities. Uh, COVID-19, other killers are saying caused this, but the but still, the amount, so uh, 11% of 3.3 million people is, uh, 10% would be 300,300 300 people. Uh, so you're looking at just a little bit more than that. Some, <clears throat> just a little bit more than that. So over 303,000 people, that's yeah, so what it'd be, 303, so three, over 303,000 people died of COVID is what they're saying here. Now, I would like to know what those numbers are, uh, this coming, with this Delta variant, and how this is going to change next year. But the point of this story is the life expectancy is dropped because of COVID-19. And then now, uh, here's another story that was released um, by, uh, let me see if I can find the article where it was released from. I don't know the exact purpose, but I got it from a specific website that aggregates news. And it says here, for reasons physics says you shouldn't exist. See, you're a scourge. If you're a human being, if you are alive, if you're breathing, if you have sentient life, if you have the breath of God inside of you, you to them are a scourge. You shouldn't even exist. You're an accident. It says we're lucky. Life began on Earth at all, of course, and that's something as complex as humans evolved. It was improbable that your parents met each other and conceived you just at the right instant and their parents and their parents, and so back on uh, to time immemorial. This is science's way of reminding you to be grateful for what you have. Science's way to tell me that I'm a great cosmic accident, that I shouldn't even be alive, the laws of physics they say themselves seem to be working against us ours isn't just a randomly hostile universe it's an actively hostile universe yeah do you know why the why the universe is is actively hostile against us i i can tell you let me do this. Let me pull out the reference material here. I'm going to read this to you real quick. See, the, the, what, what science wants to do is they try to they, they want to explain all these esoteric uh, belief structures and they and they want to say uh, when I say science, uh, science in the in, in the speculative sense, not the actual legitimate uh, framework of science, which is observable, testable and repeatable. What's, what these scientists or physicists want to tell you is that you're a great cosmic accident. You should really be grateful for where you are because the universe hath chosen to make you even though it's actively hostile against you. The reason that it's actively hostile against us is because mankind, Adam, going all the way back to Adam, threw the world into chaos when he sinned against God. And we we can, we can read that in Romans chapter eight as a matter of fact, because we are given the instruction so so these science these papers that say, well, the, the physicists that say you shouldn't even exist because the fact that uh, that life began here was just some great massive conglomeration of randomized happenstances that occurred at the exact right moments. You know, you read articles like this, and I wonder why in the world well, I actually I don't wonder. You read these articles and you say it's staring you right there. It's looking at you right there. Right on the nose that there is a God, that this was not randomized, that we are all special, we are all created in his image, and yet you refuse to see it. You refuse to see it. And it's because of, I mean, honestly, if you look at, if you just go back and look at Romans chapter one, that's your homework. You can read it during the break if you want to. But if you go back and look at Romans chapter one, humans suppress the truth and unrighteousness purposely. We suppress it. We are actively pushing against the knowledge of the holy, the knowledge of the truth, because we don't want to have that knowledge. Here in Romans chapter eight, it says, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of the corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. The earth, that, that when it talks about the creation, The whole of creation, everything, that's the cosmos, everything that exists is hostile right now. So in in that, I agree in this article with that, that we are in a hostile environment right now because we sinned, and because we sinned, everything was cursed when Adam sinned, I should say, everything was cursed and because everything was cursed we are now in a state of groaning and travailing until we are made perfect and holy again and glorified by Jesus Christ when he returns that is if you are found in Christ if you're not found in Christ well (laughs) he pity I pity you so, so the, when, when we, we see these stories, though, we know that the globalists, the elitists, they want to destroy us. They want to kill us. And it's because of a satanic, behind-the-scenes, controlled conspiracy to remove the breath of life from us. Satan screwed up. He knows he screwed up. He saw that he screwed up. And what he's trying to do since he fell... Uh, since he was cast out of heaven, is to disrupt the bloodline so that Jesus Christ couldn't come. He didn't stop that one. He tried to pollute humans so that we would be his creation and his creatures. That didn't work also because God redeemed us through Jesus Christ as well. And he thinks ultimately that when Jesus comes back, he's going to fight against him and destroy him, but he can't. Why? Because he is not all powerful. He is not our God. He is not the creator. He is a created being. So we are victorious, and we are victorious right now. We don't have to wait to be victorious. We're victorious right now. Even though the globalists, the elitists, the satanic, the Luciferians want to try to stop us, they cannot. So, folks, don't give up. Don't stop. Don't quit fighting. And we're going to be back right after this, right here on The breakdown. Ask the questions that get you kicked out of Bible studies and sent to therapy. You're listening to The Breakdown. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate
2: One that assisted in the editing process completely.
4: The most important qualities that I was looking for was a publisher who was honest and upfront. No hidden costs or fees and owning the rights to my own work.
2: Christian Faith Publishing will publish, market, and sell your books in all major bookstores, online booksellers, as well as specialty Christian bookstores. Call for your free author submission kit.
4: 800 978 4812 800-978-4812. 800-978-4812. 800-978-4812. 800-978-4812. That's 800-978-4812. What would it take for you to go to
2: mojo50solar.com? mojo50solar.com is the place where you can find out just how much it will cost you to have a solar system installed at your house and how much you could save. mojo50solar.com
3: Welcome back to The Breakdown, everybody. Thank you so much for staying with us during that break. You know, I honestly, the the first segment, I didn't mean to get started on you uh, so quick, <laughs> but it, it just kind of flowed into that direction. You know, those things are really, to me, very. I'm very passionate about those things because I see uh, the big picture here, and I'm just trying to get us to see the big picture. Everything is connected. Everything is interconnected. Uh, and whenever whenever we see these stories that that crop up online, we know that there is an agenda behind this. We know that there's a purpose behind this, that they're trying to do something to ultimately their goal is to destroy humanity. And if people are, oh, my gosh, that's a conclusion to jump to. I'm, and I'm not jumping to conclusions. I'm I'm going based on their own released documents, their own released purposes, their own desires, everything that they're doing. They are doing it in a way that makes it uh, very obvious and very apparent to us. And then they admit that it is what they are trying to do. It is a globalist design to try to take over humanity and to try to destroy us, destroy all existing governments, all existing religions, any and everything that is not part of that. Uh, Commander Carr, as a matter of fact, uh, there was a a book that was written, uh, William Carr. I've got a copy of it as well. It's, it's just a research book that, that people can read uh, that that's that's out there. And it is, uh, you probably get it P- PDF. I think they sell copies of it as well. I'm not sure if they, uh, let me see here. I'm not, not going to look it up for you. If you want to look it up, you can look it up. It's by William Carr. And it is uh, made or written uh, with the with advanced or insider knowledge of what is going on.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Cars. This is written by David J. Stewart from LoveTheTruth.com. By the way, this article right up about the book. Here's a quote from it. Commander Carr says, uh, Commander Carr says, The plan of the Illuminati put into effect. Now, don't get freaked out that I use that word Illuminati. Because you've used variations of that word. You just don't know. So there's the Illuminati, there's the, the hidden government, the shadow government, the, the uh, criminal elements within the government. There is the deep state. Those are synonymous with the with this uh, Illuminati idea. Uh, The plan the Illuminati put into effect is to use monetary and sex bribery to place influential people under control. They then use them to further the Illuminati's secret plans. Youths belonging to well-bred families with international leanings are also selected and sent to private schools where Illuminists indoctrinate them with the international ideas and then train them so they qualify to fill positions in politics and religions as specialists, experts, and advisors. The Illuminati then use the wealth, power, and influence of the members of the place of their agent tour in key positions behind the scenes of all governments, financial, industrial, educational, and religious activity. They then mold policy so that it fits in with the Luciferian plan to promote wars and revolutions and an ever-increasing scale, on an ever-increasing scale. Weishaupt, that's Adam Weishaupt, the one who started the Bavarian Illuminati back in the 1700s, Weishaupt stimulated that, uh, stipulated that the Illuminati should organize finance direct and control communism, Nazism, and political Zionism to facilitate the Illuminati's task of dividing the world's population into opposing camps in ever-increasing numbers. That's from The Conspiracy to Destroy All Existing Governments and Religions by William Carr. And then there's another part of this uh, that is uh, further encapsulated. Uh, It says one cannot understand this all important subject unless he knows the whole truth. We must know the Luciferian ideology as well as the scriptural history of the struggle which has gone on through the ages of time in this and other worlds between God and Lucifer to decide which plan for the rule of creation will finally be put into effect. Unless we know the whole truth, we cannot decide by our God-given gifts of, of an intellect and free will whether we wish to accept God's plan and love, serve and obey him for all eternity or literally go to the devil, Lucifer. The purpose of those who direct the Luciferian conspiracy is to prevent the masses, the uh, the human cattle, the goyim, the human cattle, from knowing the truth about uh, the truth, because they know that if we did, we would automatically accept God's plan. The Luciferians, therefore, rely upon their ability to lie and deceive those who plan to enslave body, mind and soul into believing anything but the truth. That is the reason Christ referred to the synagogue of Satan who directed the Luciferian conspiracy upon this earth as the sons of the devil, whose lusts ye also do. So there it is, folks. Uh, this is from uh, Commander William Carr. This, this is information you can take and you can think about. You can look at it through this lens. You can inspect the information that's released to us. And you can wonder, is this what's really going on? Or is Commander Carr just a wackadoo nutbag? Is, is it one of those situations where he is no longer... Uh, relevant to our uh, to our time frame is it just because this is written back in the sixties, and I think some cha- some some things have changed because back in the sixties the public school system was in full swing, but it wasn't like it is now. Now it doesn't matter if you're a part of well, they they will still use those politically connected folks that have key uh, internationally well known wealthy politically influenced uh, uh, influencing families, and they'll use them. As part of this global conspiracy, I have no doubt about that. But what they've also done is they've made public schools the same way they're indoctrinating kids to make it easier for them to accept a plan that is far beyond what they are, uh, what they're capable of, their minds are capable of taking, because we're not built to do this. We're not built to be satanists. We're not built to worship Satan. We're built to worship God. But we are so distracted and we fight against our well-being. We fight because of our rebellious spirits against that. And that's why we have so many uh, that's why we have so many people going astray. And that's why people kick against goodness and mercy all the time. That, that that that's why we fight against it because we don't want the goodness of God because in order for us to do that we have to give up our uh, well. We have to give up our own desires and our own passions. And if we give up our own desires and our own passions, well, folks, then we we then they think that they lose part of themselves and their ability to do uh, the uh, their own thing. And this is why, when we see these things, we see folks fighting against this. We realize. That whenever something good comes up, whenever something true comes up, whenever something, uh, dare I say, wholesome comes up, we throw a fit. That's why we have the cancel culture. That's why we have the cancel culture, because people see things and they don't want them to collide with their own thought processes. Now, that happened this week, as a matter of fact, with, I don't know if you saw this song or not, but this song reminds me, well, the, the, this song, I... I uh, Aaron Lewis, who used to be the lead singer of a group called Stain. If you're not familiar with that group, I mean, they're, they're, they had really a couple of good hits uh, in the early part of the 2000s. And they uh, the Aaron Lewis tur- took a turn. He doesn't do Only Country. I don't, I don't think he does Only Country right now. Uh, but he does other uh, music. He does country music. And this song came out earlier this week. I think it was this week or last week one. And it encapsulates everything that the frustrated regular American feels right now, right? And when it encapsulates such a large set of our population, this reflected to others they don't want people to see the frustration that we feel so here's aaron Lewis's song i just want to play a little bit of this here real quick because it's not a um it, it, it's it's a it's a country music song and you would expect this type of song to be released on the country record charts here, here's the song that everybody got mad about now of course this is the explicit version so i'm gonna have to make sure that i <laughs> that i don't let that play uh, but again, Aaron Lewis, the lead singer of Stained, who has uh, ventured out on his own for country music, wrote this song, which is becoming an anthem for Americans around the nation. Am I the
5: only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Or am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks of taking all the good we got and turning it back Hell, I'll be damned. I think I'm turning into my old man. Am I the only one willing to bleed or take a bullet for being free? Screaming, what the fuck is my TV for telling me? Yeah. To fight for my love of the red and white And the blue burning on the ground Another statue coming down in a town near you Watching the threads of old glory come under Am I the only one not brainwashed?
3: All right, so th- th- this is th- this debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart and as of July 12th was the number two in all genre sales. Uh, now the reason this song is so popular is because just as we were talking about the good that that people see that automatically bristles against the uh, the, the hatred and the anger that is embedded within folks who hate this country and who th- who hate all the good, the true, and the beautiful. They fight against this stuff, and they don't want to hear that people are angry that our money is being taken and confiscated and used for immoral purposes. They don't want to hear that we're not willing to give up our uh, nation's bedrock and the freedom upon which we were founded so that other people could venture out and take our money and use it for immoral gains and immoral purposes. That's why the story, this story is resonating with people. You know, if you love or hate Donald Trump, I'm, I'm a 51% Trumper and I've said that. There's some things that he did that I cringed that were cringeworthy and some things that he did that I'm like, okay, we're good. We, end, he, we weren't getting involved in any wars. We weren't bombing and killing people, which is fantastic. He helped to defund Planned Parenthood. That's another huge thing for me. That's awesome. So when we when we when we look back on Donald Trump's presidency and we see the economy, we see things that happen, and we wonder, OK, well, what what good that did he actually do? A lot of people will wonder that. And what I will say is the good thing that he's done is he he's shown a light and exposed the deep state. So now the conversations are happening. Conversations like the first segment of this show are now regular conversations that people are having. We're talking about the Luciferian conspiracy. We're talking about the Bible. We're talking about what's happening to our nation from a spiritual foundation and not just from a political foundation because that is where we've all strayed. That's where we've all gone astray is we have not talked about the actual causes. We've only focused on the symptoms. So now that we're talking about the causes, I think that one of the big things that Donald Trump did is he helped us to shine a light on the causes of this. Second, he helped expose the lie in the media and he's shown a light or helped to shine a light on the, the crazy liberal policies in the leftward slant. Now, were we paying attention before that? I think a lot of conservatives were. A lot of libertarians already were paying attention to this. I'm not talking about fake faux conservatives like Fox News and those other places. I'm talking about real, legitimate, patriotic conservatives who were paying attention to this and had been paying attention to this for a very, very long time. That, that, that That's part of what we were doing. That's part of what the shows like mine have, have been doing for so long, is pointing that out. And because we were pointing that out, because we were shining a light on that, now we see that it's becoming more, more. Uh, well, I want to say fashionable, but trendy to talk about this, which is good. I don't care if it's trendy as long as there's truth being put out there about this. But it wasn't so much that Trump sh- said, "Well, here, look at the, look at all these things going on," and people are like, "Oh my gosh, look at that." There were those light bulb moments. But it's the, the, the old adage, when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one who got hit. The liberals, the, the Satanists, the Luciferianists, the child molesters, the, the pedophile rings, those folks saw that they were being exposed and they freaked out. They screamed and they yelled and they yelped and they flipped and they flopped and they, they're, oh, we're not doing any of that stuff. That's absolute garbage. That's crazy. But no, what they would, what we showed is that they actually were doing those things. So the Trump presidency helped us to expose that. More than anything, it helped us to expose that, which I, I'm very grateful for and very happy about. So when we see songs like Aaron Lewis come out and we wonder why are people getting so angry about that because it's bristling up against the truth they're yelping because, they don't, they're, because they're freaking out about it. And it's showing that this type of stuff resonates with patriotic real Americans because we are tired of losing our country. We're tired of fighting against those who are trying to steal the nation and its foundations and what we're moving towards. Now, look, I, I'm, I am not... I am not a neocon. I'm not a big government guy. I don't like the needless and useless and unnecessary wars we're fighting. I don't like Mitch McConnell. I don't like the the conservative, uh, Cody fingers, conservative movement uh, the way it's been perpetrated and pushed on the United States of America. The problems that I have are the problems and the illegal things the government has done. But when you pull back the veneer and you look at the average American, we're no different than the average Russian or the average African or the average China, Chinese person. We all yearn to be free. We all want to be free. We all want to have liberty. We all want those things. Right? We all want those things regardless of where you are on this planet America's founding documents America's founding principles just happen to be the nation that says we recognize that that's what I want I don't want unnecessary drug wars I don't want the government telling you who you can or can't marry I don't want the government telling you what you... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you
0: do when you win?
3: what you can or can't smoke if it's menthol in a cigarette or if you can't buy a big gulp. I don't want the government saying that you have to pay money to them to own your own property. You lease from the government. I don't want the government telling us that our automobiles and cars have to be registered with some government simply because we want to exercise our right, our natural right to travel and freedom to do so. I don't want the government telling us we have to send our kids to school, and I don't want the government telling me that I have to stick a needle in my arm because it's about public good and public safety. I don't want that. That's not America. That's not the United States that our founders left. That's not the United States that our founders had. It is not, folks. All right. Uh, real quick, if you want to leave a voicemail to on the show, if you want to be a part of the show, you can do so in two ways. You can go to BreakDRadio.com, and in the bottom right-hand corner of that, you can click on the or touch if you're using your mobile device or tablet. Uh, In the bottom right-hand corner, there's a small microphone icon. If you click on that small microphone icon, you can leave a message. Make sure you hit send, and it it processes fully through, and that'll let me know that there's a voicemail there. You can also call 859-429-2764, 859-429-2764, and that will also give you the ability to leave a message. Now, that's the old-fashioned way, leave a message on me, I'll check it. Uh, Mojo Five O's motto, by the way, is "Live Free," but uh, but it's hard to do that if you're in constant discomfort. Since a wonderful government has shut down our churches, schools, businesses, and restaurants, social interactions drastically dropped in 2020 and have continued as you can um, imagine. This has led to depression, sleep disorders, anxiety, decreased life expectancies. That's why Mojo Five has teamed up with KBMD to provide their wholly natural, pure CBD hemp oil extract. To alleviate the things that ail you, Mojo 50 provides KBMD's highest strength CBD extract tincture. It's a clinically tested, physician-endorsed, full-spectrum cannabinoid organic hemp CO2 extract containing all the synergistic cannabinoids, terpenoids, essential oils, and other compounds of the original plant. The best price per milligram for clean, full-spectrum CBD in two delicious flavors. Head on over to mojo5o.com forward slash shop. And live free with Mojo Five O and KBMD's CBD Extracts. That's mojo 50com forward slash shop. mojo Mojo50.com 5 live free. While you're over there, check out mojo 50com forward slash shows. And it is there where you'll be able to find all the fantastic sh- uh, shows that Mojo offers. Because our purpose is to provide free, liberty-loving, uh, liberty-loving, programs so that we can have conversations and discuss things that are going on in the world each and every day. All right. Now, an interesting thing here. I've got a couple of things stories that other story go here. So, with the advent of COVID-19 in 2020, one of the the benefits that a lot of folks saw was the opportunity and the ability to work from home. Where is that story? This is live here, folks. And what I found was that many people love working from home. I never got a chance to work from home, as a matter of fact, uh, But uh, except my studio is here at home, as a matter of fact. Uh, but they, where is that other story? I'm looking for another story. There's reasons that people did not want to go back to work. And as I got to looking at that, it, there are bunches, uh, uh, tons of people, as a matter of fact, don't want to have to go back to the office. They don't want to have to put themselves or subject themselves to that drive anymore. And I'm wondering, and this is something you can leave in the comments, are, were you able to work at home during this pandemic? And do you prefer working at home or do you prefer being around other people? One of the things I hate about being in the office is, or any offices, when I used to work in, uh, in corporate offices, one of the things I hated about being in those offices was when somebody wore cologne or perfume. Uh, There was this one place I worked where every day, uh, we we would all shut down. We got off at five o'clock. Everybody would shut down uh, their systems at 4.55 to make sure that we actually could leave at that time. And this dude kept a a bottle, not a bottle, but a can of Axe. You I I I had no problem necessarily with Axe. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like Axe. I don't care. Uh, but they, the, the thing that bothered me was we were in this tight office environment and he would spray himself with Axe body spray so that everybody had to put up with this, this scent. Not only that, when you got to your car, you still smelled this on you because it was that potent. That was one of the things I hated about working in an office, uh, it was uh sector because You had to put up with ladies that came in with their perfume on and their lotions and their, uh, and guys with their colognes and, and all, it just, it stunk up the office. So I made a vow. I used to wear cologne all the time uh, as a matter. I, I, I had, I still got bottles of cologne that are like 20 plus years old. I've got bottles of cologne in there that I had when I was in high school, which is over 20 years ago. I stopped wearing cologne to work and actually stopped wearing cologne at all about 15 years ago. Uh, and the reason is because it was just the sin. It gave me a headache when I, when I was like, well, if, if, if other people's cologne and perfume and lotiony hands give me a headache while I'm at work, I'm sure mine does too. But the... Uh, but that was one of the things I hated about working in the office environment. Then also you had the food days where people would bring in like the potlucks and people would bring in all kinds of food. And then you had that one guy that would always bring in his contribution. You you know, my wife would make like a really nice apple dessert, or we would pick up some food and make pasta salad or something like that. We would we everybody would contribute. People would make like uh, you know, uh spaghetti and meatballs sometimes. They would bring in uh pigs in a blanket, uh, pizza roll, whatever it was. They would they would spend a lot of time. Of course, pizza rolls don't really, they don't really spend a lot of time. But you had that one guy who would bring in a bottle of hand sanitizer. Yes, I'm serious. Dude brought in a bottle of hand sanitizer. And he was like, this is my contribution to the to, to the potluck to the food day. And we're like, dude, that is the same bottle of hand sanitizer you brought last time. It's half full. It doesn't count. So here are some of the reasons that we have that the people have given. Now, they say unspoken. But there's no way that we could have had them on paper unless they, unless they set them. Hmm. They say here, the official, so it's no secret that employee employer tensions about heading back to work, uh, to the workplace are growing as more employers push to get employees back in house. The workers themselves are taking a harder stand. In April twenty twenty one, survey by FlexJobs found that sixty percent of women and fifty two percent of men would quit if they weren't allowed to continue working remotely at least part of the time. That now that is a substantial number. I ain't a math whiz, but I'm pretty I'm pretty positive that's a substantial number. You're talking about that. I mean, now th- this is also just an interesting part about the fact that we don't need unions anymore. You just have people just say well up and quit if you don't give us uh, what we want. Uh, Anyway, uh, it says that 69% of men and 80% of women said that that remote work options are among their top considerations when looking for a new job. I totally get that. I totally get that. The official reasons they don't want to head back to the workplace are well-documented. They're more productive, which is obvious. They are more productive to people, uh, well more productive. Uh, And this is also something we're going to cover later, but this is also productive in work sites with people who have... Uh, vacation time that's given to them as well. You have employers that actually care about who you are, your mental health, your stability, your productive, your productivity. The the work week, the five day work week is not necessarily a five day work week anymore. You know, right now you have people that are uh, deficient on hours. So they're not working 40 hours a week. So they're not working five days. And then you have people who are on salary or who are, are who are paid hourly maybe getting paid overtime, or the people who are on salary and management positions that are working, they're actually working 60, 70 hours a week. So the five-day, 40-hour work week is no more. That is so fungible, it's so—it's changed so much. With people who are attached to their work all the time via their phone, they're constantly productive and they can be productive. But break time, time away from work has proven to be extremely healthy, but I digress. It says they're more productive, it's easier to blend work and life when you commute is down uh, as a walk down the hallway. Uh, But for other people, the reasons are a little more in-depth. Some people say they need a nap during the day. Uh, Since 2013, uh, backpacking injury hurt one person. They said when in meetings and uh, people throw questions at me, I can't really answer or instantly say the wrong things. Uh, She said that uh, she would be fatigued during the day and had to take a break. Uh, So rest is one of those things. When you're at work, you can't hardly get rest you have like a half hour to get lunch or an hour to get lunch and you have to travel out to do that then after that you can't refresh yourself you're fatigued so a lot of people turn to extra caffeine they turn to energy drinks they turn to some type of potentially um, uh, supplement to help kick their mind back in gear other people said they'd give up their raise for remote work can you imagine that working from home is so important to somebody that they would give up their race just so they could stay but of course Depending on where you work, the travel time, the commute, the gas, the wear and tear in your vehicle, that is actually a pretty good uh, way to think about uh, to think about that. What would I make? What would I lose if I got that extra money, but I had to spend my time on a commute to get there? Uh, another person was in recovery, worked in the restaurant industry, was had easy access to alcohol, went out with his friends every night, but was in recovery and has to stay away from that environment. And it's helping him actually to work from home. I don't understand how a person, though. They work at a restaurant environment and then work from home okay so it was an environment where they had access to alcohol and co-workers who wanted to go out after work and then other people this is a big one i'd want to know if, if this is also a concern I, I i don't want to give up my side hustle uh one person said my reluctance is the is really the opportunity cost of commuting uh, a public relations professional in New York said she before she was laid off in April 2020, she would wake at 6 a.m., have enough time to get ready, walk to her walk dog, commute, and start work by 10 a.m. After she was laid off, she started picking up freelance work, which turned out to be lucrative, and she could only easily do from home, or which she could easily do from home. Uh, she has a new employer, but the plan about whether or not employees will be required to go back to work office uh, go back to work at the office full time is very unclear. She says she has plenty of time to complete her responsibilities for employer and work on her freelance projects. That's really what matters. But what's your reasoning? Did you work remotely? Do you want to continue to work for remotely? Do any of these reasons resonate with you? Let me know in the comments section. Hit me up at BreakD Radio at ProtonMail as well. Folks, stay with me. We're going to be back after this break talking about more right here on The Breakdown.
6: is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5-0. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. A wildfire raging in rugged terrain in Northern California has destroyed multiple homes as the state's largest fire intensifies, and numerous other blazes are still battering the western U.S., Cal Fire Battalion Chief Merrick Fields says firefighters are hard at work battling the Dixie Fire. Yes, we've got a big fire out here, but we're making progress on it. Um, we've still got a lot of work in front of us, but but we've got a solid plan, and, and we're going to pull that off in the next four or five days. Meanwhile, firefighters in Oregon have now contained 40% of the bootleg fire. The Biden administration is urging Congress to increase or suspend the nation's debt limit as soon as possible. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says Republican and Democratic lawmakers have previously worked together on the debt limit, and they should do so again.
1: Congress should act in a bipartisan manner to raise the debt limit as they have in the past.
6: If there's no action by August 2nd, the Treasury Department is prepared to take extraordinary measures to prevent a U.S. default. Australia's Prime Minister is lashing out at the thousands of people who took to the streets this weekend, protesting coronavirus lockdown restrictions. Scott Morrison says the protests in Sydney were careless. Of course it was selfish. It was also self-defeating. It achieves no purpose. It will not end the lockdown sooner. It will only risk the lockdowns running further. Yesterday, police made several arrests after crowds broke through barriers. The unmasked participants carried signs calling for freedom and the truth. At the Olympics, the U.S. men's basketball team has lost for the first time since 2004, falling to France before losing. The U.S. had won 25 consecutive Olympic Games. More on these stories at
2: townhall.com. Hi, it's Doc Thompson.
0: More than once, actually. Do
2: I have to say?
0: Yes, you do. In the
1: car before my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing
2: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.
3: Listen up, guys. Are you experiencing any of the following fatigue, less drive, poor performance? If so, you may be one of the nearly 30 million men in the US today dealing with ED. Call today and ask about our buy one, get one free offer.
4: 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. 800-761-9334. That's 800-761-9334.
2: Supply chain disruptions, shortages, panic buying. Unfortunately, they've all become facts of life in 2021. The good news is you have preparewithmojo50.com. Not only will you find emergency food supplies, also water filtration, air filtration, all sorts of other tools. Preparewithmojo50.com. If you want to keep food on the table, if you just want to maintain some sense of normalcy, preparewithmojo50.com is the answer.
3: Welcome back to The Breakdown, folks. A lot of stuff here left in the program to get to. Of course, you can always go to BreakDRadio.com to catch the stuff in the past and also go to Mojo50.com forward slash shows to get all of the other shows as well that are are put out. I mean, some fantastic programming over there. Uh, I'll actually be filling in for a host coming up here in the next uh, week or two. Uh, so there is other ways to listen to the breakdown, other ways to listen to Mojo 5 So thank you so much for being a patron of all those. It is very important that you continue to support liberty and that you continue to support people that are pushing liberty. Because without those voices that are fighting for our freedoms and fighting for our liberty, well, ladies and gentlemen, we're just not going to get uh, very far in this country, and, and and it's more also than just you saying that you see something or that you like something. Uh, it's more than just you have to share the information, you have to share the info, you have to share all of this uh, with other people. So today, let, let let's let, let's do this. If you are listening to the program today. I want you to go to your messenger on Facebook. I want you to share the link with as many people as you could possibly think of. Start out with those folks that you think would want to uh, a message of liberty, I want a message uh, like this, that want to talk about situations going on in the world today, or if you just think of somebody that you think needs to hear this, then send them this way as well and we will be happy. Uh, to entertain them as well. All right, folks, you're going to dig back deep into the chum bucket here. Also share us on social media. You can go to Facebook parlor, me, we gabs. just search for uh, for at break D radio, um, Twitter, all, all of those, just, just search for me at break D radio. Follow me like me, especially if you're a Nigerian prince and you want to reach out to me. I am, uh, I'm always looking for business opportunities. All right, so back into the grind today. Uh, one of those, uh, just plumbing the depths of the internets here as well, finding a fantastically weird story. Uh, a woman uh, who asked God to, quote, take the wheel to test her faith crashes into two cars. Uh, an Ohio woman, of course it's Ohio when it comes to driving. Uh, Ohio woman reportedly, reportedly crashed her car, into two other vehicles and a house after taking her hands off the wheel and letting God take control at a speed of 120 miles per hour, 120 miles per hour, as a way to test her faith. Authorities claim that the unnamed 31-year-old was driving a car with her daughter, aged 11, down the streets of Beechwood, Ohio, at around midnight on June 15. So, let me ask this. If you're going to take the move to say that you want God to test your faith and you want him to take the wheel, why would you wait till midnight? If you really want to test your faith, why aren't you out there in rush hour? I mean, I don't want to give her or anybody else that's this stupid an idea. But if you really want to test your faith, why aren't you out there when there's a lot of cars uh, around when there's actually the danger of the possibility of you being hurt or a more faith when it takes more faith for you to actually do that well the reason was because she was just probably jacked up on some kind of crazy charismatic stuff anyway security footage shows her car running a red light eventually spinning out of control hitting a utility pole two other vehicles and then stopping in a house so if you're watching on uh, the video component I'm going to play this video as well and we're going to talk through it <clears throat> but there is uh there there is a question though that I have again why is it that this woman was testing her faith by not uh by by doing this there we go. Why was she testing this her faith at midnight when there was nobody out there on the road? But here she is with her daughter, uh, driving. There's a traffic light here, and a car is coming through the traffic light, uh, and uh, so it's a, you know it, it's it's a an intersection is what it is, and there there's a red light here, and uh, the woman who's traveling without her hands on the wheel, hoping that God takes the will take the wheel is driving through the red light coming on the other side of the intersection is a red vehicle now when she flies by going 120 miles an hour the front of this car that that is that meets her they don't t-bone she scrapes across the front of this car and just like, well, she rips off the, the headlights, the fenders, et cetera. But it, gee, if, this were ju- if this were just a, a a nanosecond later, if this were just one second later, then this would have been a completely different story, a completely different story. But here this woman is wanting Jesus to take the wheel. I'm sorry. See, that was the problem. That was the problem with her. She asked God to take the wheel when in fact god doesn't drive jesus drives right he he drives his dad around so when 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 he, when he asked god to take the wheel god was like dude or dudette, like i i don't i don't drive see so 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 you you need to figure out you need to figure out something else here because i don't uh i don't do this or maybe maybe somebody in her car was named Jesus and she said Jesus take the wheel and they thought they were talking about, you know, somebody else and they they didn't. God didn't take the wheel. But any so if you're driving along and you want to test your faith, don't test it like this. Don't don't do this 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 uh, this dumb stuff uh, because there's no purpose for you doing anything like that. Uh, God can tell you God will uh, put you through things. Uh, but it's not like uh, it's not like he's going to ask you to drive through an intersection, running a red light, breaking traffic laws, just so you can prove something uh, to him, uh, or just so that somehow you can prove your faith, folks. You don't have to do that. Carrie Underwood does not approve of this. Carrie Underwood does not think that this is a good thing for you to do uh, because it's uh, it's weird. Let's get to the chorus. This is what she did right here.
5: Jesus, take the-
3: So that, that, that's what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't take your uh, your theology advice or your test or your faith advice from a pop star. Like uh, everybody knows, if if you are going to take that route, uh, take it from Justin Bieber, right? Because he's the the pastor to the stars. All right. So back to back to our interesting stories here uh, and the different uh, stories in the chum bucket. Let's dig down deep here. Now, this is another interesting thing here. Mexico, New Mexico court, we, we, we've all seen over the past several years uh the, the gun rights advocates or I'm sorry, the, the the gun confiscating advocates want to take away your right to carry your arms. So what they've done is they've taken away your right to carry your guns or they're trying to take away the right to carry guns or trying to restrict that even more and more. But then not only that, then they go after gun manufacturers uh, ammunition manuf- manufacturers uh, folks who have who sell weapons all of those they're trying to make it to where every single person who has ever touched this is going to be responsible for the end result of somebody that is deranged and that gets their uh gets weapons or hurts somebody through that here's an all-time new one for me i've, I've not heard this before And I'm wondering how far will this actually go, uh, folks? How far are we actually going to take this? And how silly is this actually going to be when a New Mexico court rules that gas stations will be liable for drunk drivers? Gas stations will be reliable for drunk drivers. It says here that gas stations have a duty of care not to sell gas to drunk drivers. A New Mexico court has ruled. So, so think of how in the world is this going to be enforced? How in the world are you actually going to enforce this? I, have, I, have, I have an idea about how that's going to be done, but if, but also the responsibility that it takes for a gas a gas station attendant. Are we going to have to switch back to uh, full serve gas now? It says that, the uh, according to the Associated Press, the ruling's implications are for now a little unclear, but a dissenting justice called the ruling a sea change in the law that could have far-reaching consequences for retail businesses. In reaching their decision release Monday, a majority on the New Mexico Supreme Court said that a com- commercial gasoline vendor owes to a third party using the roadway a duty of care to refrain from selling gasoline to a driver the vendor knows uh, or has reason to know, is intoxicated okay now this changes things for folks now what is the responsibility because i know that bars bars can be held liable if somebody were if somebody had um uh had this situation If, if if somebody came in at a bar and were um uh were then deemed to be too drunk or they went out and they ended up hurting somebody else then they were uh, the bar could be held liable for that. People could be held liable for that. But now, gas stations also are seeing that. Now, isn't it a duty or responsibility for anybody, though, uh, to, if you see somebody that's intoxicated, if you see somebody that is driving in a crazy way to report them to police, or if you see somebody that's drunk trying to get into their car, isn't it your duty as a human being, your responsibility to stop that person as well? Now, I'm wondering about that, but the the the, the compulsion that now every single person has to be checked because if you suspect somebody, if you see somebody and you suspect them uh, to be intoxicated, how are you going to stop them at a gas pump? I mean, this, is a, this is a legit question. I'm not, I'm not trying to be snarky on this. I'm trying to, I, are you supposed to monitor each person that comes in? How many people, if you work at a gas station? I've never worked at a gas station before, but I've seen gas stations with lines. And I've also seen gas stations where, you know, you can see the pumps, but you can't necessarily see everybody at the pumps like you you can see the the bays, but you can't see where everybody is or what they're doing. So now you're supposed to watch every single person that comes in to if you suspect them to do this. The problem with this is not that we don't care about people and that that that's what a lot of, I think that's what many people hear when they when they hear uh pushback on laws like this. It's not that we don't care about people. It's not that we don't want people to 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 be injured via a drunk driving incident, or we think that it's okay for somebody to drink, drunk, uh, drive drunk, something like that. It, it's nothing like that. the The concern is the amount of overreach that's coming from governments to make people do this and then hold people responsible. Because it just opens up more litigation, it makes us an even more litigious society. Where now you can sue the the manufact the 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 uh, gas station for selling gas to person, to somebody who was intoxicated. And then what happens if it goes beyond that? Well, now we can sue the the refineries because they refined the gas that went to the gas stations. Now we can sue. The, the trucking company that actually shipped it from the refineries to the gas stations. Is this how far we're going to take this? And then what happens if you're at Walmart and somebody pulls up to Walmart or Cracker Barrel and they charge their electric car in your specifically s- snotty, little snobby electric car-only charging spots, which are given handicap preference place? You know what, what, you just... Why, why if, if I've got an electric car and I want to charge it, why do I get the same distance to the door? So you're you're, you're penalizing me because I drive a, a, a gas-fueled automobile, but you're rewarding somebody for driving an electric automobile and you're giving them a place close to the door. But now is Walmart... And Cracker Barrel, will they now be responsible? Anybody who has a charging port for an electric car, if an electric car is charged there, will they then hold them liable because somebody was drunk and they charged their car there and they weren't stopped by Cracker Barrel? The story goes on here. It says in reaching their decision released Monday, a majority in the New Mexico Supreme Court said that a commercial gasoline vendor owes to a third party using a roadway a duty of care to refrain from selling gasoline to a driver the vendor knows or has reason to know is intoxicated. The decision rose from a fatal accident in 2011 when a station sold gas to a drunk man who then got into his car, crossed the center line at some point and collided with another car, leaving another man dead. Now, we don't what to put that together. So I come and buy gas, and I'm buzzing a little bit, but then I stop at a bar or a restaurant or someplace, or I've got something hidden in my car, and I'm drinking. I push myself over the edge. I cross the line, and I kill somebody. What is the sequence of events here? What happened from the time that they got gas until the time of the accident? Can they point back to the fact that the guy was too inebriated when he got gas to do that? But then again, the regulation of that, or or the enforcement of this at each of these gas stations. And here's my theory: the uh, the uh, we're seeing now, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. We're seeing now an expansion of checking people for private and personal information. We're seeing people now being asked whether or not they've been vaccinated. We're seeing whether or not a restaurant will allow somebody to come into their establishment with with or without a, a mask. If you're wearing a mask, you're telling them I'm not vaccinated. If you're not wearing a mask, you're telling them I am vaccinated. And then you have to uh, give them some type of proof so they'll let you come into their establishment. We have the social credit score. We have insurance, which I think is going to start including charging businesses who allow people to come in who are either unvaccinated or not wearing masks because it increases the risk uh, to the business of other people that are there. And with situations like this where you're being charged because a drunk driver has an incident and you let them get gas, think about if somebody comes into your restaurant. And they get exposed to COVID-19 and they're now sick and they die. Think about the, how you're going to get sued for that as well. So these companies are going to start enforcing these and cracking down and coming down even harder and harder on these people, on, on folks who are either sick or folks who are inebriated, something. There's just going to be cracking down more on personal liberty and personal responsibility because of the insurance and uh, the the potential lawsuits that are going to these companies and restaurants are going to face. They can't afford to hire additional staffing. They can barely staff what they've got now. You've got gas stations who have to now worry about drunk people filling up on fuel and you don't have the workers to do it. You have restaurants who don't have enough servers to serve their food, and now they have to worry about whether or not somebody's going to come in that has COVID-19 or doesn't have COVID-19. You're worried about department stores are the same way. Each business is now going to be more and more concerned because of opening these doorways up to sue a restaurant or a a meeting place or an establishment who has allowed a person to come there without triple-checking all of their credentials and then letting them go out to the world and cause harm, each stop along the way. Well, I think the way that this is going to be handled is very simple. The government will start to implement, I think, now this, this is just me speculating. I believe that, uh, that eventually we're going to see COVID-19 checkpoints at each uh, each grocery store. With, with the advent of Amazon, with uh, with uh, the amount of big box stores who are putting out mom-and-pop uh, stores, putting them out of business, you've got big Walmarts, Home Depots, Lowe's, you've got Amazon, which is just a merchant online, obviously sells to everywhere. All the other smaller mom-and-pop stores are shutting down, as, and COVID-19 is causing that and accelerating that as well. That is happening. So when you consolidate all of those to the big box stores, you've got your Kroger's, your Walmarts, your Home Depot, Lowe's, etc., now it's going to be much easier to have a COVID-19 checkpoint. And that COVID-19 checkpoint is going to happen at the front door. And you're going to need to show your your passport, which we're going to talk about here in just a little bit, uh, a passport. Uh, you're going to need to show your uh, your credentials to let them know that you are, in fact, either vaccinated or you're not on drugs or you're not inebriated in the case of these gas stations. And in order to enter the store, you're going to have to show that you have had medical treatment that meets their requirements. And If you don't meet their requirements, they're going to send you to a, a trailer that's located in the same parking lot. That trailer is going to give you an automatic jab. If you don't want that jab, you're going to go to another trailer, which is going to be a trailer, a detention trailer. Now, this, this is a dystopic understanding, but I do believe this is where we're headed as a nation. We're going to have COVID-19 checkpoints. At gas stations, to normalize things like this, to normalize these checkpoints, gas stations are going to have to install checkpoints or add additional security for them to be able to stop inebriated people. So what happens? The government says you don't have the people to do that. You don't have the manpower to do that. But guess who does? The Transportation Security Administration, the TSA, the groin-grabbing, grandma-molesting, child-rubbing, naked x-ray-watching thieves at the TSA, the perverted scum that get employed at the TSA. And if you're listening to this, and you're employed at the TSA, shame on you shame on you for working for a place that would molest a grandmother or molest a child simply because you think they've got bombs hidden in their panties you're sick you're twisted and the government's going to swoop in and say hey we've got plenty of people at the TSA we can put them at your gas stations uh, we can put those at uh, at your department stores we can put them at your restaurants actually as a matter of fact and uh, we, we we can put them outside your uh, uh, your your grocery store as well. And then the companies who don't opt to have that, their insurance costs and premiums are going to skyrocket because now the lawsuits at those places could potentially be higher. So we as Americans are going to see TSA expanding from the airports, going out and having checkpoints on the road, going through flying. It normalizes this for people. You just watch the people. The next time, if you do fly, I, I, I love to fly. I actually love being on an airplane. I love flying. I hate the TSA. When I was a teenager I used to go to the airport I live close to the to the Cincinnati the it's actually not the Cincinnati airport it's called that but it's located in Kentucky uh, but anyway, CVG I, I used to go there to CVG and just hang out. This is back when I was in high school back when they didn't have the security restrictions back when they didn't have the TSA. But I would go hang out at the airport. I just, I loved being at the airport. It was awesome. Just, I don't know. I just I, And I still, to this day, I go to the airport and I love it on the rare times that I do fly. But I hate the TSA. And now I believe we're going to start having them. But it, it normalizes. I'm sorry. But back to my point, I, it normalizes this. When you go to the airport, if you fly, watch how people are, they're just corralling into the security area, to the TSA area. And what do they do? They automatically bend down and they start taking off their shoes. They automatically start emptying out. We automatically start emptying out all of our pockets. We put all of our stuff into the plastic totes. We have to tell the people what's in our bags, even though they're going through an x-ray machine. Then they have to open it up and inspect the laptop and make sure the mouse doesn't have bombs in the, in the battery ports or make sure you don't have some kind of a, a incendiary device or gun or a, a, a weapon that's buried in the hard drive of the, of the laptop. And they check the inside of the bag. They check absolutely everywhere. And people are normalized to this. We're desensitized to this. We no longer care that when we go through a naked body scanner, they're going to be looking at our children and our wives naked. They're going to be looking at us naked. We don't care that when we get to the other side, they're going to want to feel underneath the brawl of our children and feel underneath the brawl of our women, that they're going to want to touch our groin areas and they're going to rub all over our genitalia simply because they think we've got a bomb or some something hidden there that's not going to be safe for anybody else on that plane. All because of a false narrative that we're unfortunately remembering 20 years later this September. And this is where it's going to happen. You you see gas stations like this happening uh, and it normalizes people. Stories like this one that just came out here uh, on Recode. Here it is, Recode. Macy's to Albertsons, facial recognition is already everywhere. See, people are desensitized to the fact that when you go out, into the environment. When you go out to the stores and you go out to shop, when we get back to Quoty fingers normalcy now, they don't even pay they they don't even seem to care that we are constantly being monitored, constantly being watched, constantly being surveilled. Uh and Macy's and Albertsons are using facial recognition on their customers without their knowledge, according to the digital rights uh nonprofit fight for the future. On July 14, a fight for the future helped launch a nationwide campaign to document which of the country's biggest retailers are deploying facial recognitions and which ones have committed to not use the technology. The campaign has has seen the support of 35 human rights groups aiming to draw attention to the stores using the facial scanning algorithms to boost their profits, intensify security systems, and even track their employees. Oh, so now they're tracking employees. This surveillance society that we're living in is becoming second fiddle to us. It's now normal for us to be surveilled. And then people, they go, oh, well, it, it stops their theft. When you go on their private property, you should be able to enact your, you should be able to succumb to that. I, I still have an expectation of privacy. When I go into an establishment, you can't automatically assume that I'm a thief and that I'm going to steal from you because I'm coming to your establishment. I'm coming to your business. You can't assume that. But instead, you're going to watch what I do. You're going to see everything that I do. You're going to look at me when I when I hug my wife or, or when I give my daughter a hug. You're going to watch me when I walk down an aisle because you think I'm going to steal from you or steal something because it's so precious. But unfortunately, you're taking away my rights simply because I'm walking in front of your store. Now I'm being surveilled and it's being captured. Folks, keep it locked in right on The Breakdown. More of this.
2: Fighting for your right to be wrong. mojo 5 mojo 5-0. Mojo50solar.com. That's the website to find out how much you could save by adding a solar package to your home or business. Go to mojo50solar.com. They'll connect you with the Patriots over at Patriot Energy and they can do a custom package. They can take all of the factors involved in your specific, your unique case where you are. How many hours of sunlight you get on average, you know, the amount of electricity that you use, they can magically whip it up in their little uh, solar blender and they will come out with a figure that uh, you can decide, hey, I like this. This uh, makes sense to me. I could save some money on my electric bill every month. And the great news is that in a lot of cases, you'll even end up getting money back from your electricity provider. The only way you'll know is to go to Mojo50Solar.com.
4: Don't wait. Do it today. Mojo50Solar.com. wheelchair case a $50 value yours free the feather chair the world's lightest wheelchair is just $4.99 with easy payments as low as $16 a month sorry no Medicare or insurance accepted so call right now to order yours 800-823-5826 800-823-5826 800-823-5826 that's 800-823-5826
3: So you're being surveilled, you're being watched, you're being constantly monitored by every place that you go. This is why we are all, um, why privacy advocates, this is why we are so concerned in sounding the alarm about this, because places you go, you don't even realize this, that you're being watched on this here. You don't even realize, you you, know, you go someplace, you go to the mall, you go to some place like that, and you're thinking, uh, well, you, you, you know that you're being surveilled at some point. You know that there's a, a security, a loss prevention uh, department that's there. There was this one uh, location uh, that I used to work at. And when I went there, before I worked there, it was a shoe store. When I went there, before I worked there, I, I don't know if I realized it or not, but as soon as you walk in the front door, in the back, there is a section up on the roof, like oh, you could see the whole store, and the, or the, or not the roof, but a section like on a, a second story area that was all mirrors of the store. And that was where the loss prevention place was. They had they were able to see every aisle in the store. And they were able to monitor with all the cameras and everything. Because there was a problem there. People would come in and they would try on shoes. And I'm sure this still happens. Uh, they would try on a pair of shoes. And then they would take their old shoes and put them back in the box and stick those shoes on the shelf. And then they would walk out of the store with the brand new shoes on. And that, that happened quite frequently, as a matter of fact. And people were upset, obviously, about... Uh, you know, the 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 store was losing a lot of money. So, but anyway, they they had that up there, just like stores lose money. So, I understand that there's a loss prevention that happens there. I understand that people want to try to prevent theft. But when you go to this area, what this does is this starts taking your fa- your facial features, your biometric information, and it saves it somewhere. Who has access to that biometric information? Who watches that biometric information? Who monitors that biometric information? It says, while you may not have heard it before, stores using facial recognition isn't a new practice. Reuters reported that the drug chain Rite Aid had, been, had deployed facial recognition in at least 20 stores over nearly a decade before the company suddenly committed to ditching the software. Uh, in fact, facial recognition is just one of several technologies store chains are deploying to enhance their security systems or surveil other customers. Uh, some retailers, for instance, have used apps and in-store Wi-Fi to track users while they move around physical stores and later target them with online ads. You just have no privacy. You know that targeting with online ads, this is so weird because there's a show that comes on. Uh, uh, it's Reno 911. I, I never, I really haven't watched the show. It came on. It's been on for a long time. But I never watched that show. And there's been a couple of times, uh, in the, the maybe three years ago, two years ago, something like that, I looked up a clip that a guy was talking about. So, I, I don't look this show up. It's not anywhere in my uh, watched or previously watched or viewed or anything like that. Uh, my sister in law is in town. We went over to my father in law's house the other night, we we're visiting, and she was talking about the show Reno 911, and she mentioned it. Last night, I got home and I turned on the Amazon Fire Stick. We listen to music. So, we have Amazon Fire Stick. We listen to music in, in our room at night. And I turned on the Amazon Fire Stick, and what was the first thing that I saw advertised? Reno 911. How in the world did they, my phone is listening to me. There's no way you could get past that. My phone is listening to me and these stores track you with online ads because your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, that's how they're gonna be tracking you for COVID-19 as well. That's how people will let you know if you turn on that COVID-19 tracking, it tracks via Bluetooth and Wi-Fi when you go into a restaurant and let you know, hey, somebody in that restaurant or establishment was sick with COVID-19. That's happening. But it's a surveillance society constantly, consistently being watched by everyone, everything, everywhere, and you can't get away from it either. You just can't seem to get away from it. Uh, all right, here, folks. Uh, Joe Biden was in town. I want to get to this couple other stories. I want to get to before we get to our last couple of news segments on the show. Uh, we're going to be doing later on today, just to keep you aware. We'll be doing whiskey tango foxtrot. Those stories that make you say, "What the foxtrot?" And we'll also be talking about the the stories that didn't make the cut. Those stories I wanted to get to, but not going to be able to, uh, not going to have time. And of course you're like, well, how do you know that? Well, I just know I'm not going to be able to get to some of these stories today. Uh, But anyway, this story here, Joe Biden came into Cincinnati last week and his trip to Cincinnati was, well, uh, to Mount St. Joe's. Nobody, which is a Catholic college, nobody wanted to take credit or blame for the fact that Joe Biden came up here. So now, uh, with some of the questions he was answering and some of the things that he was saying, some people are like, oh my gosh, he didn't even answer our questions. Uh, like this one here, a businessman, uh, businessman said he didn't really answer the question. Cincinnati restaurateur who asked Joe Biden about labor shortage was not satisfied, uh, when he asked the question. Joe Lani, the co founder and owner of Cincinnati restaurant group Thunderdome, Uh, as was asked by CNN, as a matter of fact, invited by them to come there. And his question to Joe Biden was, we employ hundreds of hardworking team members throughout the state of Ohio and across the country, and we're looking to hire more every day as we try to restart a restaurant business. The entire industry, amongst other industries, continues to struggle to find employees. How do you and the Biden administration plan to incentivize those that haven't returned to work yet? Hiring is our top priority right now. Now, I understand the point that Lonnie was trying to get here. I understand what he was trying to say, and uh, what the, the what what concerns me here is that the question, uh, the way he framed the question here was, how does the government incentivize people to come? I understand what he's trying to say. He was speaking the language of the of the commies. He was trying to speak the language of the commies here, but the government should not be incentivizing anyone to return to work whatsoever. But here's what Joe Biden uh, apparently offered up as an explanation as to what uh, his (laughs) as to what this gentleman uh, asked here. Uh, So uh, the, the the question, though, as mentioned, I don't think that the government should be incentivizing these things, nor do I think that the government is responsible for making sure somebody gets back to work. It's not their job. It's the job of the business owners. It's the job of the people to take their own personal responsibility and and do this on their own. But the the whole point I'm just getting to these. Sorry, I'm trying to pull the video up of this right now, and I think I have it. Here we go. Here is the, the we have a pandemic for
7: those who haven't gotten a vaccination. It's that basic, that simple. Ten thousand people have recently died nine thousand nine hundred okay, that's not the answer that, that that's not the
3: answer that 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 is his screed on pandemics uh, or on the uh <clears throat> excuse me on the uh vaccines and why we have a dirge of people not getting the vaccine so we'll get to that in just a minute i have vaccine stories i want to talk about uh here but what he said from the auditorium mount saint joseph uh, uh he said that the business owners weren't paying enough he said that they aren't paying enough workers enough, suggesting they need to pay fifteen dollars an hour more instead of seven dollars or an eight-hour dollar more. And he says here, I think it really is a matter of people deciding how they have the uh, uh, now that they have opportunities to do other things, and there's a shortage of employees. He said people are looking to make more money and to bargain, and so I think your business and the tourist business is really going to be in a bind for a little while. Lonnie, whose restaurants include Bakersfield Pep and Dolores on the Eagle and The Eagle. The Eagle's an excellent restaurant. Uh, they say they're paying service with tips at least that. And uh, Lonnie said, I was hoping he would uh, recognize that it is, an, uh, that is every industry's dilemma and that we are in a labor crisis and we need to find a way to incentivize people to get back to work. I just heard restaurants are going to have to uh, a hard road getting, going forward and that we need to pay our workers more, Lonnie said. He said that's happening and it's still not enough. That's the frustrating thing about this. And that's the disconnect that the Biden administration and liberals don't understand is that people are paying. They're paying with tips. They're working hard to get back. As a matter of fact, here's an owner in New York that will explain this situation as well. We are not in a we're in a dirge of the fact that people are getting paid so much money on unemployment that they don't have the servers to come and work because they're not going to get paid more if they leave unemployment and come and actually work with them. So here is here is a an interview with, uh, with a guy in New York, as a matter of fact. These are business owners, restaurateurs that are speaking out, especially New York restaurants that are angry for, for Biden coming in and telling them that they have to hike up their prices so that the, the government is now, uh, so that no longer want to be on unemployment benefits. Here's the frustrating thing about this. We're in competition with the government, right? Now the private sector is now in competition with the government. The government is now saying that they're going to pay people uh, hundreds of dollars more than what business owners Wait, are able to actually pay them. Right. If you and in this whole circumstance, in this whole situation, now we're supposed to fight against the government. When people believe that the government have an inexhaustible income, because they're constantly taking it from our tax dollars. And the unfortunate part about this is that business owners are losing out. There's a a, a guy, John Stratidus, he's a manager of the famous Cozy Soup and Burger Diner in Manhattan's Greenwich Village, told the DailyMail.com on Thursday that raising wages would punish consumers and eventually put put people off of dining out. And that's what the government wants, by the way. They want that change. But here you go. Here's him and his interview with uh, the Daily Mail.
8: Stop unemployment so people can go back to work. That's what life is all about. In life, if you don't work, you cannot have freebies. You understand? If you come back to work, you're going to make money. The way that the system has become right now is you stay home and you get paid. Who wants to go back to work? Even if you increase the minimum wage, which they already did, to something even more, nobody's going to come back. If unemployment stops, that's when the money's going to get, you know, people are going to want to go back to work and everything. That's the truth. How many, how
4: hear many that.
8: staff have you lost in the pandemic? Oh, forget about it. We have the whole thing. But we're here. That's the most important thing. Yeah. She you know, asked him how much staff have, much have much. you lost. You know, I'm going to do it. You right. Know, that's what it's all about. In New York as
4: well, the minimum
7: wage is already
8: $50 in yes. New York
7: City. Yes, yes. we don't think the president kind of understood. You know? Do you think it's
8: going to be enough? You have to understand, and I tell this to people on a daily basis, right? When minimum wage goes up, who do you think is going to pay for that? Amen, brother. Why? Because everything is called inflation. Everything is going to go up just to be able to compete, just to be able to stay in business. So that doesn't mean by giving more money, you know, it's gonna solve the problem. When we, business owners, give more money, that means that the prices are gonna go up. And when the prices go up, who's gonna pay for that? The consumer, the customer. And then they're gonna be crying about it and saying, oh, this is expensive. But that's inflation, that's the quality of life, that's what's gonna happen. So you're gonna be walking into somewhere to eat something, you're gonna be paying forty fifty dollars for a hamburger. It's kinda sad, but that's how it is it's like a scale you cannot put a little bit of too much here and a little bit too there it's going to tip so it's a balance so we need to find that balance when you find that balance then life is good. absolutely what do you think the
4: president can do to help you
8: out to avoid this inflation
1: what do you think the answer
8: is to end we need to go back to reality a lot of people they're in this bubble and they're not realizing that Just listen the longer we stick closed the bigger this gap becomes, so and when the gap becomes big like, and we're in trouble. We're ready, in trouble. and if we don't go back to work
3: and get the ball rolling, we're going to be in a lot. Of- so that 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 is coming from the mouth of a business owner, somebody who was actually there. This guy had to lay off his entire staff when COVID started. He had three chefs and one front of the house server, chefs and one person in the front of the house that was working when while he was there, or while the the interview was going on. So so what he's saying is what what people don't realize what what the government see that this is the part that really bothers me, because do I think that the government is full of people who are so stupid that they don't realize this? Well, I I think that there are a good amount of people who don't realize this, uh, that when you don't pay or when you uh, force companies to pay their workers more money, that is always passed on to the consumer. When you raise taxes on corporations, that's always passed on to the consumer. And when it gets passed on to the consumer, it causes inflation. This is what the government wants. They don't want little guys like Stratus to be in business. They don't want the mom and pops to be in business. See, why do we have a centralized government? We have a centralized government because in order to keep our government uh, controlled, it's easier to control it when there's not much out there. When you centralize everything and you control everything from one place, Washington, D.C., you don't have to worry about the multiple issues in the multiple places. You just have one place to worry about. And it's the same thing here with businesses. When the government wants to step in and control things, it's the same thing. It's the same businesses. If they consolidate, just like we were talking about earlier with Walmart and, and, and Home Depot and Amazon putting out putting uh, mom and pop businesses and stores out of business, it, it makes it easier to regulate the larger businesses because there's only one corporate headquarters for that one place that the government has to hit for taxes or the government has to implement their ideas of surveillance or TSA or COVID requirements or restrictions. So the same thing with these businesses, when when you consolidate, when you put out the small businesses and it's only the chain restaurants and only the massive places, the government is easier. It's easier on the government to control them. And then when they do that, they can keep people at home long enough and they can keep paying people $1,200 benefits and they keep giving people hundreds and hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars uh, for their for their unemployment benefits. They can keep coughing up this $500 a month child tax credit for people because that keeps people incentivized to stay at home. And then when it keeps people incentivized to stay at home, that translates into votes. And then when the prices and inflation go up, what do they do? They blame conservatism. They blame capitalism. They say it's all capitalism's fault. It's all the the big businesses. They're just trying to make more money. They're trying to take money from you. You need to keep us in power so we can we can make sure that they pay their fair share. When they don't when the, when the American public, they try to dupe them into not realizing that it's the government's cause of this in the first place and beginning this. But Joe Biden's not going to answer those questions. Joe Biden's not going to answer those questions. When he comes to town hall, he's not going to worry about those things. Why? Because they're actually that's nowhere in the system to be found for him. There's nowhere in his thought process. First off, he's inept and he can't make those decisions because he's a globalist puppet. Second, he doesn't want to answer those questions, even if he could. All right, folks, you can, again, uh, the, the voicemail, if you'd like to leave a voicemail, chime in on this, 859-429-2764. You can also go to BreakDRadio.com. Click on the uh, voicemail at, or the little voicemail icon at the bottom right-hand corner. Remember, folks, you can survive for a certain amount of time without water. You can survive without three day, for about three days without it. But you need complete clean, pure drinking water. And how do you know if you have clean, pure drinking water? Recent testing has identified 267 contaminants in U.S. drinking water, which causes issues ranging from cancer to neurological damage and developmental issues in unborn children. Your solution is easy, though. The Alexa Pure Pro uh, transforms water from virtually any fresh source into cleaner, safer drinking water by reducing up to 99.9999% of contaminants. Those contaminants include heavy metals, lead, fluoride, chlorine, viruses, bacteria, pesticides, and pharmaceuticals. Alexa Pure Pro is a groundbreaking, gravity-fed water filtration system that outperforms others for less, making it the ultimate water filtration solution. Use an Alexa Pure Pro to supply purified drinking water for your family. No more trusting city tap water. Head on over to BreakDRadio.com and click on the Alexa Pure Pro banner at the top. That's BreakDRadio.com and click on the Alexa Pure Pro banner at the top and you'll be able to drink fresh, clean, pure drinking water. As soon as you get that this week, folks, we had Rand Paul again, being the hero of the person, uh, the the hero of so many liberty fighters out there when he took to task. The Fauci, the faucistein, Emperor Fauchistine, as he is trying to destroy humanity through his disgusting and despicable um, uh, gain of function research. I want you to listen to a little bit of this clip here from Rand Paul. As he, as he, there's ads on everything when you're trying to pull the video up. Uh, so I, I, I want you to listen to this because what Rand Paul does is he challenges Dr. Fauci. He challenges him and forces Dr. Fauci. Honestly, Dr. Fauci purged himself. The criminal
1: code creates a felony and a five-year penalty for lying to Congress. On your last trip to our committee on May 11th, you stated that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And yet, gain-of-function research was done entirely in the Wuhan Institute by Dr. Xi and was funded by the NIH. I'd like to ask unanimous consent to insert into the record the Wuhan Virology paper entitled Discovery of a Rich Gene Pool of Bat SARS-Related Coronaviruses. Please deliver a copy of the journal article to Dr. Fauci. In this paper, Dr. Xi credits the NIH and lists the actual number of the grant that she was given by the NIH. In this paper, she took two bat coronavirus genes, spike genes, and combined them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses that are not found in nature. These lab-created viruses were then shown to replicate in humans. These experiments combine genetic information from different coronaviruses that infect animals, but not humans, to create novel artificial viruses able to infect human cells. Viruses that in nature only infect animals were manipulated in the Wuhan lab to gain the function of infecting humans. This research fits the definition of the research that the NIH said was subject to the pause in 2014 to 2017, a pause in funding on gain of function. But the NIH failed to recognize this, defines it away, and it never came under any scrutiny. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of -of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan. For which there was supposed to be a federal pause. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to <laughs> retract your statement of May 11th, where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in
3: Wuhan? Boom! Facts, evidence, and Fauci. Fauci's about to lie here and perjure himself yet again. He's Senator mad. Paul,
5: I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you were referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, what let me take, finish. You take an animal Ooh. virus
1: and you increase it, it, its transmissibility it, it, to humans. Right. You're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah,
5: that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite <laughs> frankly. And Come I want to Fauci, say that you officially. Crook. You do not know what you are talking about. Okay,
1: you get one person. Let's read from the NIH NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for 4 million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. And, and let's, let's send Dr.
3: Boom! So here we go. So Fauci gets all mad, starts pointing his finger at, at Rand Paul. Even though Rand Paul produces evidence and information that says, from their own documents, from their own definitions, that gain of function research increases transmissibility between humans and animals. Why would they be doing that? And there's all kinds of scores of evidence and proof that Fauci has done this, and he's perjured himself. And I hope that they actually get some teeth on this, and that they legitimately do something about this. Why? Because it is time for them to take responsibility for what they've done. It's time for them to take responsibility for what they've caused and what they've hurt. And it is horrible that this is continuing and that is being pushed on our people by a liar like this, somebody who is a scumbag like Fauci, who has put this nation, this world through such disgusting and despicable actions because they were trying to find a way to make something more virulent and attack human beings. You cannot get past this now, folks. A year ago, you were called a crazy kook and being removed from social media. You were being removed because you were saying that this is what we were doing. Because you're saying that this was being done by Fauci and being done by the researchers all around the world. Now, now it's being told that no, no, it's not this. Now we're being told uh, that that, that it is not gain of function. Now it's becoming more and more popular for people to have that conversation, for people to talk about that with others. Now it's becoming more and more popular part of the daily conversation because more and more people know that it is true that it was created in a lab in wuhan and it was gain-of-function research to make it more virulent for uh, attack on human beings all right folks now it's time for our new segment on the show whiskey tango drop. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the new segment on the show, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, as we scour the internet and find stories that make you go, what the foxtrot is going on here? Right now, in Australia, top health officer orders Australians don't have a conversation with each other. They're telling you, even though you want to, don't talk to people in public. Don't act like a human. Whilst Check it is out. a
4: human nature to engage in conversation with others, to be friendly, um, unfortunately, this is not the time to do that. So even if you run into your next-door neighbour in the shopping centre, in the Coles, whilst you're at Coles Wars or Aldi or any other um, grocery shop, don't start up a conversation. Now is the time for minimising your interactions with others. Even if you've got a mask do not think that affords total protection. We want to be absolutely sure that as we go about our daily lives, we do not come into contact with anyone else that would pose a risk.
3: Look, folks, don't be a human being. Don't talk to people. Don't discuss anything because masks, of course, they save lives, but they're not a full way to save lives. So you don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to anyone, even if you're wearing a mask. Stop having conversations. What the Foxtrot is that all about? The other video here is the other one that I found is is Joe Biden from his. Uh. <laughs> from his down hall the other night where he has an odd answer to one of Don Lemon's questions. Here's Don Lemon as he's talking about January 6th, and the insurrection. And now Joe Biden responds in one of the weirdest, oddest, strangest things I've heard.
2: And do though, what they can do is try to change the narrative and say, well, why wasn't Nancy Pelosi prepared? Why weren't the Democrats prepared? No, they for can that say happen.
7: that and you can make honest judgments about it. I have, look, I sometimes get myself in trouble for what I'm about to say. Not that I ever get in trouble. As you've heard me say before, no one ever doubts I mean what I say. The problem is I sometimes say all that I mean. But all kidding aside, I have faith in the American people. I really do to ultimately get to the right place. And by the way, many times Republicans are in the right place. I don't mean that it's only the Democratic point of view. But some of the stuff, I mean... QAnon, the idea that the Democrats or the Biden is hiding people and sucking the blood of children and do-
3: no, I'm serious. That's you're looking at the audience. And the audience is like, what are you talking now, about? You may not they're like what are you talking about Joe it's like he was asking about January 6th and now you're like oh oh we weren't sucking the blood from children that's not what we were doing we, we were just you, you know people and the Biden they, they they hate you you may not like the 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 the, the Biden but we, we weren't sucking children's blood Cheez peach Joe what are you' what the foxtrot are you talking about all right folks now we only got a couple minutes left on the show something I've been wanting to cover for a while because this is one of my favorite rock bands ever uh, Metallica and a really cool epi- uh, release here is releasing their Black Album boxed set. This is a digitally remastered Black Album, which is the eponymous uh, uh, Metallica album that came out. Uh, came out in 1991. They're releasing this re-released set here. The Black Album is remastered, will be available everywhere on September 10th. Black album is one of the most commercially successful and critically acclaimed records of all time with global sales of over 35 million and contains a series of unrelenting singles. Enter Sandman, The Unforgiven, Nothing Else Matters, Wherever I May Roam, Sad But True. Uh, the standard album is remastered by Bob Ludwig. It includes a mag- uh, not only is it a box set with a magnetic flap, but it includes Metallica, which is remastered. It includes the the 180-gram the 180, 180 double LP and CD, sad but true picture disc, three live LPs, 14 CDs, six DVDs featuring unreleased content, live shows, rough mixes, demos, etc., cetera, an MP3 download of all the audio, four tour laminates, lanyard, three lithos, 120-page hardcover book, all of that in there. I thought it was awesome. wanted to share it with y'all. Folks, thanks so much for staying with me. Keep it locked in here on Mojo Five Zero. and until next time, make Christ supremely valuable.